Hello and welcome to Art of Story. Today we are talking about transformation. Transformation in story is the reason why we keep watching. It's the reason why we keep reading. At the beginning of any story, our main character, the protagonist or main characters, are in a situation. Usually we describe that as the ordinary world that they inhabit. But within that ordinary world, quite often for a protagonist, there is a situation that they're dealing with, or there is a situation that they're about to encounter. And it is the beginning of their out of journey. There is a call to adventure. Remember in the first podcast, we were talking about Luke Skywalker and the call to adventure at the beginning of the story that pulls Luke out of that ordinary world and starts the journey. So in story after story after story, after a short time at the beginning of the story where we get a sense of the character and we get a sense of their world, something happens. Something moves them out of that position towards something else. And that really is when the door is kicked open, the hiking boots are put on, the backpacks put on the back, and off they go on their journey, metaphorically speaking. Actually, very often it does involve a journey. It does with Luke, and it does with so many different stories that they actually are leaving their ordinary world. But it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes there's something in the ordinary world that is an antagonist force. For instance, the family story, where someone in the family is the antagonist, or the relationship story, where the relationship they're having, there's a situation there that needs dealing with. So what is the essential aspect of transformation then? Well, there are different kinds of transformation. One of them, of course, is physical. And you'll see that in many stories, especially superhero stories, but also in other stories where there is an actual physical transformation in the character, which is usually a precursor to them facing the challenge or being able to meet the challenge. So if you take Captain America, for instance, then clearly physical transformation is a very key aspect of that story. But what I'd like to focus on is internal transformation. I use the phrase shift of consciousness. Shift of consciousness is that moment in story where the main character, they are on their journey, they are encountering their challenges. But at some point, there needs to be a critical shift in consciousness. Something internal changes, usually in the form of deeper insight, revelation, a new level of understanding, something that gives them a new perception of their world, their circumstances, or identifying the antagonist, what it really is, who it really is, what they're really up against. But it often involves self-knowledge, This is the interesting thing about the structure of story, is that transformation is a part of the journey. It is a requirement of the journey and a requirement of the stages of progress through the story. Now, you might think that it's at the end of the story that transformation comes, right? The point of the journey is get to the destination, and the destination is transformation. Aha, but not so. It's actually the transformation on the journey that equips you, allows you to overcome the various obstacles in your way in order to get to the destination. The destination is more of the reward, the new world, the new liberated state, the release from the shadow that's been on you, whatever that shadow might be. It may be loss. It may be trauma from the past. It may be the work of an antagonist force upon you. It can be many things. The destination is the new state of being that results from the journey, the new state of life that results from the journey. The transformation happens along the way. And the key thing about transformation is that you can only get to the destination because of the transformation that you have gone through. Now, it has to be said that for many writers, they're not necessarily consciously thinking of where these points of transformation are. This is one of the extraordinary things about the grammar of a story. 
is like the grammar of language. It's a very deep thing. And when I was talking about what is story, I was talking about that to a certain degree. It's so fundamental that that grammar manifests. It manifests in language, even if you haven't learnt the grammar, you just assimilate it. If you never studied grammar, there would still be grammar in the way you speak because of your assimilation of it. And actually, some research shows that there's pre-programming in our brain to assimilate language very quickly uh, when we're young, particularly. I would argue story operates in a similar way. We are preconditioned to assimilate, understand and reproduce story because it is such an important mechanism of communication of experience and knowledge between human beings. Even if you never studied or thought about transformation of a protagonist or a main character, I assure you, often if you write a story, you will naturally produce those points of transformation for your main character. It's almost instinctive that you know that what this is about is change. You have a situation at the beginning of the story for your main character. You create that situation. You see it as the writer. Well, you've seen it for yourself In your own experience, you've seen it in other people's experience. So you are going to set up that initial situation for the character, what is there, what they are facing, and then unfold the story from that point and naturally write these points of transformation. Having said that, there are higher standards of having that quality of the shifts of consciousness in your story and that conforming to the underlying theme of your story and it all working together to produce a wonderful, satisfying, and deep story at the end. And then there are lower values of that where that is less developed, less expressed, and perhaps not as successful a delivery because of that. And why is that? Why does that happen? Well, actually, we're going to go into that in more detail in a separate podcast, but one of the reasons is because you haven't, as a writer, necessarily honed in on the central theme of your story successfully or with enough clarity. With writers who are evolving, developing their craft, we can be trying to handle too many themes or not focusing in on the central theme and expanding and unfolding the logic, the exploration of that central theme. You will definitely mess yourself up if you think that telling a story is about capturing the ocean of human experience, the ocean of dynamics of life. No, best not to do that. Actually, what you want to do is just scoop a cup up of that ocean. And the thing is, even that cup, if you deliver it well, it has resonances. It has the feeling of universality in it anyway. And that actually takes us back to transformation. Because what is a transformation arc? There's a character, every individual character has their story. Every individual character has their direction to go in, what they want to achieve. Obviously, there's a lot of commonality between us in terms of what we want to achieve, what we want out of life, and the direction we want to go. But one of the key things about transformation is that it's usually, almost always, away from the limited towards the universal, away from the smaller scale to the greater scale. The nature of life is to grow. We all want to expand our horizons. We all want to be free of any constraint, anything that's holding us back. We want to be free of any shadow over us, to be successful to increase our self-expression and our self-knowledge and knowledge of others. So that is the fundamental transformation arc in life and in story. Because, of course, creative writing is writing about life. It's reflecting the reality of life, the authenticity of life. Yes, there's elements of escapism. Going into fantasy worlds, going into sci-fi worlds, escaping through a form of entertainment, and they need to be entertaining and compelling so that we keep reading, keep watching. To be really effective, to be something that moves us, that really stays with us, then they need that deeper level, this level of the transformation arc in the story. That really reflects the reality of life that, what? We are born into time and space. Here we are in our body. We're not aware of asking for that. We didn't put in a request, as far as we know, but we find ourselves alive, conscious, aware, and with desires. 
<laughs> they come with the package. They're there. Not much you can do about it. Nature of life. There you are growing up and you feel we all have that impetus to evolve, to grow, to be more, to have more, to express more. In other words, small to larger to greater. So there's a natural thirst. It's there. Nature of life. A thirst, that thirst for more, that thirst to grow, that thirst to actually express our desires and have our desires fulfilled. The desire range is from the very specific sexual desire. We have that impetus within us. It's part of our biology. It's part of being a human, having a body, and there it is functioning with us. We also have a mind. We also have a heart. And so we have many different kinds of desire desire for love, desire for communion, for society, for understanding, for being known, for being seen and achieving. Okay, we all want to achieve. We all want to be successful, right? We all want to do something of significance, usually, and also being human and part of society and a community. Another big one is to make a contribution, you have a certain amount of time to achieve all these different things, okay? That's the start point of the arc of transformation. Now, within the life of a person, the story usually closes in on a part of that life. So one particular cycle of an arc of transformation not the whole arc of a life, usually. Story really works well by focusing in on, if you like, one arc of transformation. And usually it's one arc of transformation to do with one particular aspect of a person's life. So that's why you have a story that focuses on the romance aspect. Another story that will focus on the work aspect, being held back, being not appreciated, being potentially treated badly. What happens when you're outcompeted? What happens when you lose your work, lose your employment? Within this world of ours, there are all these various challenges that we face on a daily basis. And we have a certain amount of control, but we can't control everything. We have a certain amount that we can do, but not everything is within our control. This is the core reality of our existence. Story deals with one transformation arc. Now, because story deals with real life, although most stories are about the arc, which is a successful arc of transformation, as in the main character or characters successfully achieve that transformation arc, they do learn what they need to learn. They do gain the insight into themselves that they need. They do successfully expand and that's often what it is, an expansion of awareness. It literally is like, let's talk about weather, why not? A cloud has been there, which has dulled the perception, dulled the ability to see something as it is. I can use an example here. Many of us have been in a relationship and we're with someone. There's some kind of dynamic in that relationship could be entirely 100% healthy. It might not be particularly healthy dynamic. Someone who is an observer looks at us, sees it, gets it straight away what's happening and knows, yeah, this isn't right for you or this isn't going to go particularly well for you. They can see the arc, you see. From the outside, they can see it because they're not emotionally involved. And when you're emotionally involved, as we all know, it's a very different situation, a very different story. And you may therefore be holding back the perception, maybe this relationship with this particular person isn't the best thing for you. That's when it becomes an antagonist force in a way, because you could be going through a cycle where you basically being held back or basically you get knocked back every so often and you get emotionally hurt every so often. And because we're human and because of our feelings and the way they work, we don't necessarily duck out and say, well, this isn't for me. I don't particularly enjoy being hurt or let down or suppressed by someone else. So we might continue with it for a little bit of time, for a lot of time. 
So there, in that transformation arc, the shift of consciousness is at the point that the person realizes that they are being held back, they are being suppressed, they are in a cycle which is not good for them, which is destructive, that is a shadow over them, and therefore is suppressing their potential for growth, self-expression, happiness, success, and so on. The expansion of life, rather than the contraction of life. So when they reach the point of seeing it, that's a key point in the transformation arc. And this is not just an idea, it's like a shift in consciousness. That's the thing about transformation. It's a deep shift in perception, where the light dawns. Now I see. Emotions, thought, and insight line up into that flash, which is genuine change, genuine change within the individual, and they see. I see now. And that is the big statement in the transformation arc. I understand now. I see now. That is the moment where some shadow, where the cloud is dissipated. And now you know. And with knowledge comes responsibility. Now you know, what are you going to do about it? So the transformation isn't necessarily solving everything for you. And this is the key thing. It prepares you to solve what the problem is, what the issue is, what the obstruction is to your progress, what is getting in the way of your evolution. The knowledge that you get, the insight, the transformation, the shifting consciousness is the preparation for being able to move on, to solve the issue, solve the problem, to escalate your liberation. Most transformation arcs and story are positive, which means it's about a step towards greater freedom, freedom of expression, obtaining what you want, obtaining what you need. And also, usually, quite often, this radiates benefits for the people around us as well, or our community and our society. I want to use an example of a key moment of transformation within a story that probably a lot of us are familiar with, and to show how really the whole story is about this pivotal moment, the shift in consciousness. So I'm just going to play that for you, and then we'll talk about it. Use the force, Luke. Let go, Luke. The force is strong in this way. Luke, trust me. His computer's off. Luke, you switched off your targeting computer. What's wrong? Luke, you've switched off your targeting computer. What's wrong? Well, actually, nothing's wrong. In fact... This represents the key shifting consciousness in Luke. It's what the whole story is about. Everything that has come before has built up to this moment, to the moment of a fundamental, profound shift of consciousness. And it's expressed in the form of trust in the force, letting go. That is the classic limited individual self letting go to the universal cosmic self at its most profound level, because that is the ultimate reality of the individual, that universal basis, universal self, and the ultimate reality of the universe as expressed in the force, the force that brings about balance in the universe, and that in some way, if you can be in tune with it, then you are in the service of a higher force, a universal force. Because this is the force of good, quintessential good is a liberating force, both for Luke as an individual and for the rest of humanity. Being liberated from the yoke, the control, the suppression of the empire. Classic hero or heroine's journey. The self-sacrifice or surrender to a higher purpose that is for the good of all. So that is expressed there 
in that moment. But it's more than that, because it is also at that moment, because if you think about the situation, an impossible task really is there before Luke. This one shot that will define whether the rebel base and the rebels themselves will survive or whether they'll all die, be blown up by the Death Star. So, you know, it's a very high stakes game as we have it here expressed in this movie and in this story. If you don't get it right, then the Empire wins, the control of the Empire continues unchallenged, the rebels are destroyed. And that moment, tremendous test for any character, you have to switch the computer off that is the very thing that helps you do that. Let go and rely on that higher force. Now there's something that resonates, isn't there? Very deeply in us with that. Because in our own experience of life, in our own personal transformation arcs within our life, we recognize moments like that, where we've needed to surrender to, listen to, feel something speaking to us from a very deep level. Within ourselves or from the universe, it speaks to us, it opens our eyes, it shifts us into a mode where we can surrender to it and it gives us some new knowledge, understanding, path to follow, a release from something that was holding us back. So it's something we recognize in our own transformation arc within our own life, that at times this happens and at times it's needed. If you want to be a little bit more philosophical about it, you can say this is a profound oscillation in life where you move as a character between point value and universal value where sometimes what you need is to focus on the point value, the the fine edges and the definition of things and the practical realization of those things. And then also you need to surrender to something very universal, universal force, universal perception, universal level of life. Dive into that ocean and draw something new, refreshed, vital from it for your life, to channel into your life, to wake you up. That's often the word that we use. I see now. I have woken up. I understand. And one characteristic of that is this feeling of spontaneity, of flow, of effortlessness, of seeing exactly what needs to be done, how to do it, and to be able to execute it, express ourselves, that flow, this peak of life experience that we can have. And really, because It's such a great place to be. We'd love to be there always, right? (laughs) We all would. So I want to touch upon another film that really makes a similar point in a different way. And again, it's a scene which has a key shift in consciousness transformation moment, but of a very different kind. This is a scene from the film Limitless. Do you get it? You are going to be out on the streets. And then I felt it. You don't like me and I don't blame you. You see yourself defeating, energy sucking, you're sponging off your husband. You're wishing I'd blow my brains out, but my existence shouldn't make you this upset. What is it? That's none of your business. Something wrong in law school? How do you know I'm in law school? People who aren't usually don't carry around dry, academically constipated books about a dead Supreme Court justice. You're a creep, aren't you? You've been, you've been following me. No, I just noticed the book. You just saw the corner of it. How did you know that? 
I'd seen it before, 12 years ago in college, sitting on the couch of a TA I was trying to make, waiting for her to come back out of the bathroom, hoping she'd have a condom. Somehow my unconscious had served that up, a memory I'd never even recorded, or was it there the whole time, and all I needed was the access. If you're writing a paper, that's not the book I'd use. Well, who asked you? Hastings has his oral history, I'd start there. Interesting point, grammatically, this guy was an idiot, which sort of gives credence to the theory that one of the clerks he had fired actually wrote most of this guy's major opinions. You could Google the clerk's sons, they'd love to talk to you, exonerate their dad. That'd give you something that no one else has. Information from the Odd Museum show, a half-read article, some PBS documentary, was all bubbling up in my frontal lobes, mixing itself together into a sparkling cocktail of useful information. She okay, didn't have so a chance. What, what, what are your suggestions? What was this? A drug for people who wanted to be more anal retentive? I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. Yeah, what was this? I'll tell you what it was. It was the release of full potential. The expression of our full potential. In Limitless, that is provided by the shortcut of the pill that stimulates the brain to such an extent that suddenly, within a minute, the full potential is shining bright and the main character can access memories from decades ago, put it all together, see things, realize things, create on the spot real powerful insight and see ways forward and solutions and so on. A wonderful thing. In some ways, that is the expression of gold standard transformation, gold standard shifting consciousness. Because on a more limited level, of course, the name of this film is Limitless because it represents the gold standard of transformation. But on a smaller level, it's always about that, isn't it? Gaining insight, release, expression of our greater potential, of shifting into a gear and moving to a place where we can express more of ourselves, we can be more of ourselves. We have that as a gold standard, be who you are, express who you are, express your voice, be creative, make an impact, change the world, and so on in many iterations and many forms of language. But here, we're encountering the gold standard. In Star Wars, it was a gold standard of the release of a very fundamental potential for a human being to be in tune with the profoundest level of our reality, expressed as being in tune with or surrendering to the Force. In the film Limitless, this is expressed in the form of releasing the full potential of the brain. And in this case, releasing the shadow from Eddie, the main character, and the shadow is suppressed or unrealized potential, being stuck. And we see that is the situation of Eddie at the beginning of the film, being repressed, not able to lift oneself out of that, not able to move on, move up, progress, be successful. With one stroke, the pill, in an incredible way, leaps the character forward the gold standard of transformation, lighting up all the synapses, unfolding the full potential of the individual and a connectivity to the whole universe and everything in it and a new profound level of understanding. This is a massive shift in consciousness. But what's the difference between Star Wars and Limitless? Well, the difference is that in Star Wars, that is, if you like an internal natural shift in terms of awareness, it's not induced. The mechanism of that is through the mentorship and through realization. And here we're definitely drawing from the East the ideas of waking up, of becoming your full potential, of realizing the truth of things, your own truth, your inner nature, your true nature, the nature of everything, the most fundamental level. And what does that do? It liberates you. It liberates you. That is not theory. It is not conjecture. It is not an idea. It is based on the foundation of real human experience and potential. 
It's because it's real, we gravitate towards it in story, we understand it, it's powerful for us because it's where we all want to go and it's what we all want to experience. And remember, both in the Star Wars movie and here, it's talked in terms of flow. That's another word that you'll come across. Flow, superfluidity, effortlessness, state of being, of being present, of being awake, mindful. So this is all contained within these stories. In Limitless, the experience is provided by a pill. And because the experience is provided by a pill, which is a form of shortcut to a deep shift in consciousness and elevation of full potential, then it comes with a cost. The cost is, of course, what happens when the pill wears off? Because it's an induced state, therefore, the cost is severe when it wears off. You fall from that amazing waking up state of expression of full potential and you lose it. Ooh, it feels bad when we lose it. Having experienced it, having known it, being without it is worse. It's awful. And then what happens? Well, we crave it back. We crave it. Craving. So it forms an addiction, right? Therefore, although it seems like the great liberation, the gold standard of transformation, there's something that rings hollow at the core in the sense that it is not sustainable because it's not based upon true fundamental change in nature, but it's been induced by a pill. Within the film, the terrible consequences of addiction are shown, and people who take the pill lose their life, but not Eddie. What the story does in this particular instance is not have the character pay the ultimate cost, although it shows the ultimate cost for other characters in the terms of them losing their life and the chaos that is created by, even though it releases amazing potential, it also releases the terrible shadow of addiction. So here, though, what happens is that, in a sense, the character is let off the hook a bit because the experience of full potential is so powerful, the benefits of that are so comprehensive that the character, in a way, manages to keep a lot of the benefits of that new reality without paying the ultimate cost. That's the path that this particular story has chosen to take. And I think you could say that I think it's uh, effective as a story and delivers on its promise. Both films, Star Wars and Limitless, deal with a fundamental shift, a fundamental transformation in the main characters, Luke and Eddie. But there's a huge difference between them because in Star Wars, Luke, in essence, has had to work for that transformation has had to go on a difficult journey, a quest, acquire the mentorship of Jedi Knights, work through a process of reaching a point whereby he was able to make that fundamental shift, let go and trust the Force. Whereas in the case of Eddie, the transformation is not worked for. It's come from a pill and therefore... The shadow of addiction, the shadow of dependency, and the loss of that state is also shown as a part of the story. Although they both deal with the fundamental shift in consciousness towards an expression of full potential, touching upon a deep reality of human experience, the characters achieve it in fundamentally different ways. But they are that gold standard of transformation of the release of huge potential that is either innately there, it's not so much that it's held back in Luke, whereas it is in Eddie, the character in Limitless, in the Star Wars universe, the Force is a reality of the universe that everybody can wake up to, although, of course, in the universe of the film, some people have a predisposition to be able to wake up to the Force become a Jedi Knight more easily than others. And I use that language, wake up, because we have the influence from Eastern religion, Eastern thought and philosophy, the idea of waking up, achieving enlightenment, being liberated, becoming free. 
We even have now in popular terminology the idea of being awake or woke even. It enters popular parlance like that, but that's its origin, I believe. Influence, I think, from the East. It does reflect genuine aspects of the human experience, our path, our transformation arc in terms of steps of progression towards the experience of full potential. That's where we want to move. That's what we want to experience. That's what we want to be in that state, in that superfluid experience, in that awake state, living and expressing our full potential and being in tune with the profoundest level of life. In Star Wars, it's expressed as being at one with the Force. In Limitless, it's expressed as seeing what needs to be done and knowing how to do it. All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. And that was Morpheus from The Matrix. And now we're going to a scene that involves another pill, a different kind of pill. It is the pill that produces an important shift in consciousness in the main character. Not the ultimate one, but the first one that is important in terms of the journey of the character. Who is in the Matrix, and like many of us, feels that there's something missing, something not quite right, something that needs uncovering, realizing, a truth that needs to be found. And this is the scene where that truth is found. At last. Welcome, Neo. As you no doubt have guessed, I am Morpheus. It's an honor to meet you. No. The honor is mine. Please, come, sit. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole, hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Ironically, this is not far from the truth. Do you believe in fate, Neil? No. Why not? Because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. I know exactly what you mean. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind. We're just pausing there because... That is setting up the situation that leads to the choice for transformation. It's uh, stunning and beautiful in a way how this speaks to, in a sense, the situation for a seeker. So it definitely has those spiritual resonances. But I think it also speaks to the human condition. You're here because you know something. And you know that something is missing not quite right. You know that there is a greater truth, a greater level of existence to experience. You know that this world is really just the matrix. Time, space, containment. It is, in a way, a form of enslavement, with all the trappings that comes with that, with all the things that are put upon us, which we can't control, which are the precondition to our existence and our mortality. So this speaks to that, that nagging feeling, that hunger, that thirst for truth, for the ultimate realization to be free, to be liberated. And of course, 
In order to achieve that state, we need to see the true nature of reality. Now, at this point in the matrix, seeing the true nature of reality is to uncover the first fiction, the first illusion of the matrix. Morpheus is talking to that uncomfortable feeling of the seeker, of knowing there's something more, of knowing that there's a higher state of existence, and that in order to get there, we need to perceive the truth. We need to understand the true nature of our reality. Neo, the one, ultimately, needs to, at first, understand the illusion, the true nature of the matrix. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? The matrix. Do you want to know what it is? The matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room, you can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. <sighs> Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. And the rabbit hole goes as deep as a rabbit hole can go, which is down to the ultimate truth that we're living in an illusion. It's Maya. And this language is used in Eastern philosophy, in Eastern religion, and now is suffused in the West and Western culture as well. But it's there is a very powerful idea, if you like, in all cultures and all religions, that there is a way that we can become liberated or free. What is the prison that we're in? What is the enslavement that we endure? One is being trapped in time and space in our bodies with everything that goes with that. In the Matrix, the Matrix is the antagonist force of enslavement. So Neo has to make the choice to wake up to that reality. And of course, that sets Neo on that path, the beginning of the quest, the journey through the underworld, the odyssey that leads to the moment of fundamental transformation. There is that point of waking up to the reality of the Matrix whilst in it. This happens in a scene later on in the movie where Neo is standing in a corridor and at the other end of the corridor is Agent Smith and two other agents and they commence a battle. There's not much dialogue in the scene so I'll describe it mostly. The agents fire their guns at Neo. He raises his hand before him and the bullets stop just before they hit him and fall to the ground. No. 
You heard at the end of that clip there the fighting between Agent Smith and Neo. What is the feature of that fight? We see that Neo is perceiving reality differently. Everything slows down and he perceives exactly what's going to happen and effortlessly blocks every single move of Agent Smith. Agent Smith is rendered useless and Neo sees through to the ultimate nature of the matrix. He sees the code underneath it all, which is the metaphor for seeing the ultimate reality, what it's made of, how it's structured, its truth. Once Neo has perceived the true nature of the matrix, seen through the illusion, then that's what brings the new powers. This is the expression again of being in that superfluid state that effortless state of knowing what needs doing and how to do it. It's speaking to peak experience, the flow. And that power comes about because of the waking up to the ultimate reality. So like with Luke in Star Wars and Eddie in Limitless, there is that gold standard of the fundamental waking up and release of potential. And with it comes new powers and new abilities. And shortly afterwards, uh, Neo gets up onto the roof and flies off. In that state, the normal rules don't apply. The constraints of our reality don't apply anymore. Neo is free from the power of the Matrix, from the enslavement of the Matrix. In Limitless, it's waking up. It's no longer being under the shadow of suppressed self-expression and potential. Same with Luke, becoming a Jedi, really attuned now with the Force, that universal Force, the good side of the Force, and therefore from that point can liberate the people in the universe and of course has the powers of the Force as well. I've chosen these because they speak to really that most profound gold standard of transformation. Now in the case of the Matrix, the Matrix is antagonist force and of course there's agents within the matrix and the matrix is being imposed by machines upon humanity. Humanity is being used as batteries by the machines to generate energy and that's the form of their enslavement but there is a people trying to be liberated, they live in Zion. Obviously there's echoes here of Neo being a messiah figure and ultimately through being able to perceive the true nature of the matrix, be liberated from it, has the power then to liberate the people of Zion. So the grand liberation that only comes about through the inner realization of Neo. Same with Luke, inner realization, granting the power to be able to liberate on a grander scale. In the case of Neo, of course, that ultimately leads to the scene where Neo sacrifices himself. He's actually shaped like a crucifix figure. Now the twist there is that if you know the Matrix then you know that the architect explains that the whole Messiah mechanism is something created by the Matrix as a way of self-correcting, bringing about balance, which is a really interesting idea, a powerful idea, and one of the features of the Matrix story. Again, something one can unpack a lot and talk about extensively. As we are talking about it, we are talking about those three really crucial and profound points of transformation. And just to summarize what we've been setting out here, transformation is a very key process in storytelling. And transformation is that inner shift of consciousness in the main character at critical points throughout their story. It comes about because of the outer dynamic, the outer story, because of shifting out of their ordinary world, initiating a journey, facing a challenge, 
and those tests bringing about ultimately the key shifts in consciousness. It's only because of the outer story, the events, what happens, the encounters, the challenges, the tests, that the shifts of consciousness can occur. And that is there in story because it reflects the truth of life, which is that in order to grow, we do need to face challenges and we do need to be tested. And we do need to take on things that stretch us, develop us, push us, test us. And there will be key people, key influences along the way, friends, mentors, allies, that help us with that journey. But, like Morpheus says, Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. Yeah, you have to see it for yourself. There are many things that can help you, but ultimately, realization is something that we achieve for ourselves. That is the true foundation which allows you then to perform, to function, to experience a higher level of existence. If a transformation arc for a main character is absent, undeveloped, doesn't follow an eternal logic of development and justification for those shifts in consciousness, the internal transformation, then you will certainly feel it as an audience, I would argue. Transformation Part 2 will go into story themes which are more common, such as loss, arrested development, holding on to childhood, the role of imagination the shadow of disease or past trauma, etc. Themes that we encounter in many, many different stories and then looking inside these stories to see where the transformation arc is and how it unfolds in those stories. So that is in part two of Transformation in Story. Do go to my website, stuartjtanner.com to see all the podcasts laid out there. Also, you can, if you wish, sign up for transcripts of the podcasts. All right, that's it for now, and enjoy.